Well, greetings and welcome everyone to another episode of Sunrise Apologetics. And uh, today we're going to be discussing something that has been uh, kind of rattling around my brain here recently. I um, <clears throat> was showing some uh, members of our church in our church history class the BBC television film Martin Luther Heretic. And uh, it's, uh, despite what the title may think may get you to think, it is uh, very pro uh, Martin Luther. But um, it's uh, there's a great scene where Luther is uh, a young priest, and he's talking to his mentor, and he says, "You know, I'm just so distraught. My soul is in depression. I mean, I'm just so anxious and worried that that I'm not truly saved, that I that I'm not right with God." And and he's just having this extreme anguish in his soul, and his mentor just looks at him. And says three things. He says, eat more food, get more sleep, learn more about God. And Luther is just perplexed by this and is just like, what? That doesn't help me at all. I wanted some, I wanted some deep, uh, you know, a uh, uh, thing from the, from, from you, my mentor about God and how I could get closer to God. Um, but the mentor is exactly right. And it got me kind of, uh, studying and thinking about some, some verses. And I'd like to share those with you now. So, um, the first one that, uh, comes up is, uh, at the end of Luke chapter 24, uh, starting about verse 36, um, Jesus appears to the, the disciples. They were talking. He stood among them and he said, peace to you. And they were startled and frightened and they thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus is showing them the nails and the scars. And while they stood disbelieved for joy and were marveling, Jesus said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it before them. And he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And of course, he goes on to explain the resurrection. Um, but I just love this image here of Christ, who, uh, to prove his humanity and to prove his resurrection to the disciples, asked for something to eat. And of course, how many times in the miracles that are famous, of course, the five loaves and, and several fish of many of the gospels where the people are hungry and they've been listening to preaching for over three days and they're in the mountains around the Sea of Galilee or, you know, hills as some people say, and they're hungry. And so what does Jesus do? Instead of rebuking them for, well, you just need to be concerned about the spirit and you just need to uh, trust God more and you just need to, he feeds them. Jesus knows that this physical need that we have to be nourished is so necessary for our spiritual health. In fact, one of the things we do here at our church when someone wants counseling is we add a physical uh, component of, have you been to your doctor? Have you had a checkup recently? And how are your levels? Are you dehydrated? I am convinced that most people walk around with 16 ounces of coffee in them, how many ounces of soda or sweet tea, and no water. Now, those drinks have water in them, but they're not pure water. I think a lot of us walk around dehydrated. I think a lot of our spiritual dehydration can really be linked to physical dehydration, that we're not, our bodies are starving and, and, and they're hurting, and we take a lot of those physical experiences and we translate them to the spirit. Now, that's not to say that your spiritual problems are all due to the fact you don't drink enough water, um, but it doesn't hurt anything to be properly hydrated. It only helps 
to uh, be eating of good food. And of course, you know, here in America, it's so easy to to talk about obesity and all and all those kind of issues. But the truth is, it's just it's so much better to know that when you're seeking God and you're praying about things that you've had a checkup, your your blood pressure, your 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 sodium levels, your you know, if you're a diabetic, you know, that have these things looked at, take care of any issues, because. I can't tell you how many times we've had somebody who was about to leave their marriage or, or, or leave the church and then found out that they legitimately had a chemical imbalance. And when it was fixed and when it was looked after by a proper physician, the person be- spiritually began to grow and the, the issues began to go away. Um, and of course, this is by God's hand. Who is the great physician? The Lord. Who heals? The Lord. Um, but I just love this image of Christ saying, hey, do you guys have anything to eat? And they give him a piece of fish, and he eats it in front of them. Um, so back to that first point that Martin Luther's mentor told him: eat more food, make sure that you're properly, you know, uh, fed. Make sure that your body's properly taken care of, because it only hurts your spiritual health when your physical health is failing. It really does. So eat more food, and see the blessings that come from it. And besides, I'm a good Baptist. Maybe you are. You know, we have we're famous for our potlucks. It doesn't hurt anything. Eat more food and be blessed. Um, the second thing he said uh, to Martin Luther in the uh, movie, Martin Luther Heretic, was get more sleep. Rest. How many of us walk around, you know, six, five hours of sleep? We're working 40 hours a week, you know, probably a lot more. Um, how many pastors are working, you know, just, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week? Um, how many during the pandemic had to completely relearn their ministry, completely change how they did everything? Um, and so we we desperately need rest. And of course, what does God command? In Genesis, he creates the world six days, and on the seventh, God rested. Not because uh, our deity, our, our Yahweh, needed to rest, but because he's giving us the example of rest, that we should follow him in that. And so we need to rest. One of the things I was really convicted about in my, my current uh, studies that I'm doing um, in, in college is the need for a Sabbath day. And I realized that I hadn't been taking one. You know, I'd been using my day off to work and, and physically work around the house, physically uh, exert myself, you know, continuing to go out and minister and, and, and talk to other people. And I realized that I needed a day where I could just pull back and just, you know, uh, read the Bible for my, my own personal well-being, not a sermon, not a Bible study. Spend time with my wife. Spend time with my children. This is so important to have this Sabbath day, to rest. Jesus does this. How many times did Jesus leave the multitude and go up to the mountaintop to be alone with God? Jesus did. And so to follow the example of Jesus, no one can say is wrong for the Christian. So we should. We should follow the example of Christ. Get alone with God. Get to the mountaintop. You can't stay there. But you can't stay in the valley. You cannot work 24-7. Get more sleep. Get more rest. And the text of Scripture that I really enjoy about rest is from Hebrews. And the author in chapter 4, verse 8, is talking about the, uh, the context of Joshua, and he had given them a rest. It says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. 
See, if we do not rest, we're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to slip up. We're going to be destroyed. Eventually, Satan will be able to overtake us because just like a soldier who fights in battle for hours and hours and days eventually reaches a breaking point where they can go no longer. Their body physically is shutting down. Their mind is shutting down. They have to sleep. They have to rest. Well, we are, as God said, Christian soldiers given the armor of God, but we cannot fight indefinitely in battle. No, we have to rest. And what does it mean to rest? It means to slow down and stop. It means to take that Sabbath day. It is vitally important that we rest because if we do not, then we're going to continue to fall. We're going to continue to stumble. We're going to continue to make mistakes. Who can say that it is wrong when Jesus has expressly given this command, when he has expressly desired that you and I would rest and rest in him? The uh, uh, a great text of scripture for this, um, and I, I, you know, I, I I think a lot about the the verses of Genesis. I think a lot about the verses where Jesus goes to those mountaintops because I found that so often we'll read those Christians will read those, but then the culture that they live in will begin to come in and take over and say, well, you know, you need to work, you need to get off your sorry, you know, behind, you need to, you know, you need to get up and, and do some of these things. You know, I kind of, I live in the South where there, there is sort of a culture of a day off, you know, and men kind of take pride in never taking a day off. And, you know, I always work 20, you know, 24 seven. And, and I think this is wrong. I, I truly do. I think it is wrong to act like that, that, that you don't need a day off, especially when God has commanded it. He's commanded it for you. But once again, here we are, and what do we do? We act like, well, I know better than God. I know better than him. And so, you know, it's wrong. It really is. Um, So eat more food, get more sleep, and then what's the final thing that the mentor told Martin Luther? Learn more about God. And of course, you might be going, well, duh. But I found that so many people, and especially people who have been in church for a long time, kind of reach a plateau where, well, you know, I've kind of learned all the Bible stories. And I kind of feel like I've learned everything there is. And we haven't. And there's no way to. Uh, Here's a great text in John chapter 6. It says in verse uh, 45, It is written in the prophets that... They all will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is myself. So we talked about eat more food and spiritually learning about God is eating spiritually of the meal God has provided. 
the bread of life that is Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus makes the point at the Last Supper that you must eat of my body or you have no part with me. You know, John chapter 6, verse 66, after he finishes all of these teachings, the people, uh, the multitudes turn and go away from him. You know, I love the story in church history of Christians who were accused of cannibalism because of the teachings of the love feast and the eating of the body of Jesus Christ and the Last Supper being the body, the bread being the body. Um, And there's a great quote in a history book. I think it's Justo Gonzalez's volume one, where it talks about um, uh, Christian women would uh, find uh, infants abandoned in the streets or in in dumps or in trash cans, and they would pick them up and take them home and raise them as their own. But it fueled the rumors that they were physically practicing cannibalism at at the Lord's Supper because people would see Christian women taking the infants and taking them um, uh, you know, and so I just, I love that story from church history that, uh, that fueling ru- rumors of cannibalism by Christians. So I just, I just think that's fantastic. Um, so learn more about God. And, and I think the biggest hurdle to knowledge of God is, is thinking that we know enough. Can we ever know enough about God? Can we ever truly finish learning about God? I submit to you that we cannot that there is always more knowledge to be learned, there is always more knowledge to be gained, there are always things that we should do and we shouldn't do, but I, I, I think that if you have reached a place where you think, I'm good, I don't have to learn anymore about God, I don't really need to go and, and be in Bible study, I don't really need to go and be in church anymore, I think you've made a great error. And look, I, I struggle with, with arrogance as much as anybody, especially as a pastor and a leader. Arrogance and confidence, you know, they're like this, you know, it's a very fine line between the two. And so, I, you know, I think if you've reached a place where I don't need to learn anymore, I know enough, I've learned enough about God, then that's the worst place to be. Remember, what does Jesus say about the Pharisee? The one who points at the sinner on his knees and says, thank you, God, I'm not like this man. That Pharisee is condemned, but the man on his knees saying, God, I am a sinner, and I need you, and I need your forgiveness, this is the one that God will lift up. And knowledge is the same way. We should never get to the place with God where I know all I need to know. I've learned everything there is to know about God. We have an infinite God. There is no way to learn everything about him. In fact, we will never reach the infinite. We will never touch infinity until we are in eternity with God the Father. And so I hope that encourages you today. It has been encouraging me all week, you know, these three points. And and I have not fully checked and was not able to source exactly whether or not Martin Luther's uh, mentor actually said this to him. Um, But it's a great uh, part of the movie, and it's backed up by some just some wonderful text of Scripture. And they're good things to do. Eat more food, get more sleep, learn more about God.